and welcome to episode 24 of Owen the Saints. I'm your host Patrick Serlis and this week it's just me. No Jack who is currently holidaying once again. Last week it was Bournemouth, this week it is Nice in the south of France so he is certainly living it up at the moment, leaving me to do the pod by myself. Um, so this week we have an interview with Tyreek Johnson coming up. Tyreek is a Southampton player currently on loan at Hartford Athletic in the USL in America. So really excited to chat to Tyreek. It's our first time having uh, a current Southampton player on the podcast. So really looking forward to asking him about his time in the Saints Academy, playing for the uh, 18s and under 23s, under Radi Jahidi, where he now plays um, under Radi uh, at Hartford. Um, we're going to find out how he's been getting on in America, uh, life under lockdown, and yeah, all that and much, much more. So that's coming up after the chat with Tyreek. We'll be speaking to Jack Mainstone uh, about Saints players on international duty, particularly James Ward-Prowse and Danny Ings, who featured in England's 1-0 win over Iceland on Saturday. James Ward-Prowse actually got 90 minutes and looked really good. So we'll be chatting to Mainstone about that uh, after the Tyreek uh, chat. And then we will wrap things up by a little look at transfer rumours uh, around Southampton over the past week or so. First of all, let's speak to Tyreek. Delighted to welcome Tyreek Johnson to the podcast. Tyreek, how are you doing? Yeah, uh, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm looking forward to the, to the interview here. Yeah, so look forward to it. Great. So you're currently at Hartford Athletic on loan from Southampton. Um, and we wanted to start kind of with your Southampton uh, career and then we'll move on um, towards the second half of the chat uh, to talk about Hartford and USL and how you're getting on in America. Um, but for those Saints fans that, that might be familiar with you, um, you made your Premier League debut in Ralph's first game, actually, which we'll come on to. But I think I'm right in saying that you've been um, at Saints since since 2014. Uh, before that, you're at Watford and Swindon um, as a youngster. Um, I kind of wanted to go back to the start, though, because I was kind of doing a little bit of research for this and I came across an interview with you where you said, um, football wasn't necessarily the only sport that you were excelling in and, and athletics was something that you were um, pretty good at, at as a youngster. Is that right? Uh, yeah, when I was um, 15, I actually uh, did athletics for the school. I wasn't really taking it too seriously, but um, I ended up going to like um, a national championship and I competed in that. I didn't do too well, but for me, it was, it was, it was exciting as well, as well as football, something on the side. Definitely. So at what age were you think were you kind of like making a decision between athletics and football or was football always the one that you were kind of focused on? Um, well, I mean, for me, yeah, it was always football. I always um, grew up wanting to play football. So uh, I did enjoy athletics at the time, but I think it was just uh, maybe helping the school out and just, you know, <laughs> spare, spare time, you know, something else to enjoy. But yeah, I enjoyed it as well. So it was good. And then, so I think you're, I think I'm right in saying that you're at Swindon before you joined Saints. Um, and that was in 2014. I, I, again, I think I'm right in saying that you must've been around the age of 15 or 16. What was it that kind of uh, swung uh, Saints uh, favour in terms of you wanted to join them? I'm, I'm guessing that you might've had a few other clubs that were interested in you. What was it about Southampton that kind of attracted you? Uh, for me that stood out for Southampton is just uh, the players that come through the academy and like, just the, like the, the, the opportunities I'm, I'm seeing them get year after year 
lots of um, different players and as well like I'm a left footed player and I'm seeing left footed players like Bale you know Luke Shaw so that, that attracted me you know stuff like that so mm. it was good it was like it was a no, no brainer for me to come to Southampton and I mean since you've joined I guess you've been at the club now for for best part of six years how have you found it I mean it's Southampton has a reputation of having a great academy and um, you just mentioned some of the players that have come through there. What's it like to actually be a part of it? Um, is it what, what, what do you think makes Saints stand out? Is it the training? Is it facilities, the coaching? Or is it just the opportunities that are given um, to young players and the trust there? Is there anything particularly that you think stands out from, from Southampton's academy? I think it's just um, in all departments, they look after you. So um, they want to make you a good person, first of all. And then in education, they want you to be on top of that. And then, of course, on the pitch, you've got the coaches, they're demanding. And even the sports scientists, they always want you to improve, get stronger, faster. There's just, I think there's so many different um, groups of things that come into it. And then, of course, it's the, the, the opportunities given and like the, the trust they have in young players is, is great. It's great for us, boys. So you played um, for Saints uh, in the under-18s and in the 23s under Rady and now you play under Rady now at Hartford um, and you did have a little spell on loan at Woking as well I think that was last year in terms of your own development was that just an opportunity for you to go out and play senior football after playing kind of 18s and 23s? Um, yeah for me um, I had the opportunity to go there and I, I thought yeah I want to take that and um, enjoy playing first team football and just learn a bit like you know the nasty side of the game and things like that so yeah, that, that's definitely a good experience for me. What I think can help in my career. I, I enjoyed my time there, so it was, it was really good for me. Yeah, you scored a couple of goals. I think twelve appearances, twelve appearances, two goals, um, and then return returned to Saints and uh, signed a signed a new deal, and then pretty quickly went on loan again to to Hartford. Um, was that always part of the plan when you signed that contract? Were you thinking, okay, I'm going to sign a new deal until 2021 and, and go out on loan again? Um, yeah, yeah, that was the plan to sign a deal and go out on loan. So, yeah, and of course, uh, at the, like, I was ready to play. And then, of course, the, the coronavirus came. So it was a bit delayed, but yeah. But up and running now. And we'll come on to, to Hartford because I think you're going really well this season. Um, and it's a great story. And we'll come on to that in a bit. But I just wanted to kind of find out a little bit more about you and for Saints fans that might not have seen you play for the, for the academy sides. Um, you mentioned you're left-footed. But I noticed that you played quite a few different positions. I think on the wing, left wing, right wing. I think you've played at fullback occasionally. What's your best position? Um, for me, I'd say uh, I'm, a, I'm a natural winger. Mm-hmm. But um, I can play in yeah, a lot of positions. Like this season, I've played already. I've played striker, um, wing back, winger, winger and left back. And I did that all in one game at one point. So <laughs> uh, it's, 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 I mean, it's good, but yeah. Versatile. I enjoy it. Yeah, versatile player, I'd say. <laughs> but I guess, yeah, so a wing is, wing is a natural position. Um, yeah. Okay, and I guess I wanted to ask you as well about kind of going back in time a little bit. That that first game, or that Premier League debut that you made for Saints, uh, it was December 2018, I think it was. Ralph had just taken over and I think it was his first official match in charge. In training that week, I mean, what was what was that like? Was Ralph had obviously come in and it shaken things up a little bit, but were you, did you have any inkling at all that you'd be involved uh, that week? 
Well, um, the week started and I played a 23s game. Uh, we played against West Ham, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, I scored a goal and then um, the coach rang me off and was like, uh, Ralph wants you to um, train with the first team tomorrow. So um, I, was, I was happy at the time. And then, um, <laughs> of course, it come the um, day before the uh, day before the game and he told me I'll be on the bench. So I, I, I didn't expect it and I was just excited and ready ready to go. Was that your first ex- experience of training with the first team or had you kind of already been involved under previous managers? Um, I have trained with the first team before, but uh, I, felt, I felt like this was a different step for me, as in like he called me specifically over to train yeah. with them. So I think that was a big step for me and it was a different kind of feel going over there into training. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess that was your first kind of taste, like you said, of, of first team experience of that, of that level. But can you kind of speak to like what the what the atmosphere was like? Maybe different between previous manager and then Ralph coming in. Was there an immediate like noticeable difference in in the club? Because obviously Ralph's gone on to do you know a fantastic finish to the season um, and kind of picked picked us up from from where we were previously. Whether it was Pellegrino or whether it was Hughes or it was kind of it seemed from a fan perspective to be the club was at quite a low ebb and then Ralph's came in and it kind of lifted things up a bit. Did you kind of get that sense as a player in that first week or is that too early to tell? Um, well, I mean, for me, it's hard to tell because I wasn't really with the first team before. But I think naturally when you get a new manager, of course, the energy's going to be up. Everyone wants to impress. So, And especially for the younger players, seeing people go to get a chance, it gives everyone a motivation underneath and it's pushing the first team to, to get better as well because they know that maybe some younger boys can come in and play. So mm-hmm. I think it just, yeah, it built, it built the confidence within the group and things like that. Yeah. So that was a memorable game as well, actually. It was 3-2, Saints win over Arsenal. Um, and you came on, I think it was in stoppage time um, yeah. for your Premier League debut. And I was looking back over that game. Um, I was on the BBC website and kind of looking through. You were on the bench. You, Ralph kind of selected you over, I think Will Prowse was on the bench that day as well. Stephen Davis was on the bench. Um, and you came on for, you replaced Stuart Armstrong. What was it like in that moment when you were sitting on the bench and kind of Ralph turns and looks back at you and says, Tari, get, get warmed up, you're going on? Yeah, that was a surreal moment for me because obviously when, ever since I was a young boy, I dreamed of making my debut and things like that. So at the time, you're just so excited. You just want to get on the pitch. Of course, right. the, the, game, the end of the game was coming, you're kind of like, I'm up. Is it today I'm going to get my chance? And yeah, I did luckily. And I, I really I enjoyed my moment. Mm. You played a couple of games, FA Cup games against Derby. Um, mm-hmm. What was that like? I mean, again, FA Cup, first team match. Um, yeah, what was that like to play? Yeah, that was an, uh, another great experience to play. To play, um, to play at that level. And um, you just learn a lot. And I think it was just good for me to see see what, what the level is and, what I need to do to stay there and things like that. So I think it was a it was a good experience for me and for my career. And hopefully I can get back there and keep performing things like that. What do you What do you think now? As you kind of said, you've you've had a taste of of kind of Premier League football and and playing in the FA Cup um, at that level. What What is the biggest difference for kind of as someone that has come absolutely nowhere near to playing that? And I think ninety nine percent of our listeners won't have come anywhere close to playing at that kind of level. What is the thing that kind of is, is that difference at a very, very top level? Um, I would just say the consistency within the players. 
because uh, a lot of them they'll, they'll be average. Uh, uh, the average is very good uh, each game, so they'll be consistent each game. And I think just their their work ethic and what they do off the pitch, it's just uh, it's not always just what you see on the pitch; it's behind closed doors. So mm-hmm. and that's uh, really good for me to see. And so yeah, I think that's the biggest difference. A couple of more Saints questions. One of them was, um, you kind of mentioned the academy and, and the pathway and Ralph has given debuts to, to lots of young players, um, including yourself and a couple around your age. You've got like the likes of Will Smallbone, Jake Vokins, Michael Obafemi, Nathan Teller. Um, what's it been like uh, watching them make their debuts and play, um, in the case of Smallbone, play um, quite frequently towards the end of the season? Yeah, it's, it's it's great for it's great for me to see, to be honest, because um, you see these players are very good players, and you know they'll. Uh, it's just a matter of time, I think, for a lot of these players. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's great. It's great to see, and um, hopefully we can get a few more in. And every year, well, I'm sure next year we'll have even more in, and just keep progressing. Really, so it's it's good to see. One of the questions, actually, off the back of that, that I wanted to ask you was: Is there anybody? that Saints fans should be keeping an eye out from the lower age levels that you might have that you might have seen that you think is is potentially a first team player coming through? Um I'd say Alex Jankovic, yeah, definitely. Yep. I'm not too sure if he made his debut or not, but yeah, he's a he's a good player. He's coming through. So I think he was uh, definitely involved in match day squads. I can't remember exactly if he came on, but yeah, it's a name that's kind yeah. of popped up towards the end of last season. Yeah, yeah, definitely him. So um, as far as Hartford is concerned, you kind of already alluded to the fact that you joined them um, ahead of the season and then it's kind of been very, well, poor timing in the sense of coronavirus and the season being delayed. Um, Funnily enough, we started this podcast in March and a week later, obviously the pandemic happened and all football got shut down. So, um, But from your perspective, it must have been doubly difficult moving to a new country getting settled into a new country, move, playing for a new team, and then kind of football just completely stopping. So what was what was the kind of the period, the lockdown period like for you? Uh, yeah, so I'd have only just been in the country for like a month, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just getting settled. Uh, it was the day before a game. We was about to play New York Red Bulls, first game of the season. We were about to travel and um, we got told that it's cooled off. And then from there, it's just been training was called off and we've just been in lockdown. Um, Hartford gave us like individual programs to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's indoors, just like fitness programs, like core, nothing too much, but kept us going. And um, slowly as things settled down a bit, we slowly got to start training in small groups and things like that. And now obviously we're back, but um, obviously there's some protocols we need to follow. I mean, weekly testing and things like that. So yeah. Yeah, well, you, was was Hartford always the the destination that was going to be? So you signed your contract in January 2020, mm-hmm. and then kind of loan was always a plan. Was it always going to be Hartford, or did you have other other options? Uh, well, I think it was going to be always Hartford because uh, I spoke to Rabbi before, and he was saying about what's going on over here, and then, um, I thought it'd be a great opportunity for me to learn a new culture as well. Um, and play play some more men's football just in a different environment because I think that will help me mm. in my career. How are you enjoying America? Yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying America. It's, it's a lot different, but obviously uh, with COVID, you can't. We're not really doing too much. 
but right. still uh, um, get a little taste of things and I quite like the way things are over here. So for people, for, for people back in England that might not know, Hartford is in Connecticut, is that right? Yeah. It's a, re- a relatively small city or town. Um, what have you been doing to keep yourself busy? As, as a, I mean, I've, I've, I'm in Florida and we were locked down for a few months and I basically stayed in my apartment for three months. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, didn't get a chance yeah. to go and do anything. Um, was it similar for you? Yeah, we kind of just stayed at home. You know, we didn't want to uh, catch anything or we wasn't too sure about how bad the situation was. So there was, was a lot of just staying indoors and just, uh, uh, you know, like playing FIFA and things like that. And just, just maybe like having fun with the friends indoors. Are you still in regular contact with, with some of those, some of those players that we mentioned that, that came through the same, um, same time as you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still speak to a lot of boys back home and as a regular contact, stuff like that. Yeah. So. Nice. Um, you mentioned about speaking to Vardy and, and him being quite a big factor in um, encouraging you to move across the Atlantic to play for Hartford. Was there, um, was there anything else in particular that kind of stood out to you as, as an opportunity for, for you to develop your career in America? Because it seems to be a, a kind of growing pathway for young English players to potentially play USL or play MLS. Um, to name a few that, that people might have um, might have heard of, Jose Baxter um, plays Jack Barnby, plays for Phoenix Rising, Harry Forrester is at Orange County, um, which is also the club where Richard Chaplow is a coach that we've spoken to. Um, so there seems to be like a, a kind of growing English contingent um, in America across the two divisions. Um, is that something that it kind of encourages you to, to join as well? Um, yeah, definitely. Because you can see it's... it's uh football out here is growing a lot so mm. more and more people getting into it and I just think it, uh, it, it would be a good experience for me to learn you know in a different environment because I think that, that that will test me and build me as a character and I mean this is through the coronavirus I feel like this has built me even more you know and mm. so, so hopefully it can keep helping me definitely so to kind of give Saints fans an idea um, in the USL it's a slightly different setup this season because of coronavirus. Um, but but mm-hmm. last season, um, Hartford, relatively new team, and, and last season was a bit of a struggle. Roddy come, has come in. Um, you've joined the team. I think there's was, there was a, a few new signings, and this season's actually going really, really well. Um, so I know there was a little bit of a setback last, last week, but before that, it was kind of 16 points out of a possible 24 with five wins, one draw, two defeats. Um, what's What's been... The, the difference, I guess, it's hard for you to say because you weren't here last year, but what's got you playing well this season? Um, well, speaking to the other boys who were here last year, they were saying um, things have changed a lot since the coaches come. Like, obviously, uh, by the sounds of it, the coaches they've had previously are not as demanding as him. And uh, obviously, he's got the, he's been at Southampton for years and he knows the professional scru- structure. So I think it was easy for us, uh, for him to, uh, implement it into like our, our routines and that. So I feel like we're 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 getting we're getting better each each week. So um, I think that's that's the main thing. And just like I feel like the group uh, the group of lads are good as well, and we're all mm-hmm. buying into the way of playing. So I think it's really positive. So you mentioned that you've played a bunch of different positions. What's the formation that that Riley likes to play, and where where do you typically fit into that? 
Um, he plays three five two, and mm-hmm. I usually play as a wing back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so as far as the season's concerned, I mentioned that it's kind of slightly different. Um, the the league has been divided into eight regionalized groups. Um, and you're playing a kind of 16-game regular season, and the top two in your group move forward into into the playoffs. Um, the season's been going since I think June, and will finish in October, and then and then it's kind of playoff time. What's the ambition for for Hartford this season? Um, are you looking to? Is it kind of win win it all? Is it to make the playoffs? Is it? What's the ambition for the club? Um, well, first of all, uh, it seems like for the fans that. Obviously, they haven't experienced playoffs, so playoffs definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, we look like what. Well, hopefully, we're on our way to, to to achieving that, but I don't think that'll be for the group of players. I don't think that'll be enough for us. We want to keep progressing, but we'll, we'll see where it takes us. Our good performances, because obviously, it's a tough, it's a, um, it's a tough league in other uh, sectors as well. So mm-hmm. we just need to be on top of our game when it when it's time to come for playoffs. What would you compare uh, the standard? Two, USA. I've yet to compare it to, to what you've played um, in England. Um, where would you say it, it kind of compares? Um, I'd say it would be like uh, League Two, League One sort of level. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's quite high. That's quite high for because yeah. I guess for those um, that might not know, so in, in America you kind of got MLS and then USL um, is is below that but it, it seems to be growing every year they seem to be adding new teams both in the MLS um, and in and in USL um, and I think your next game is coming up this weekend against Loudoun United um, yeah. a, a lot of Saints fans would have seen the goal that you scored in the reverse fixture against them brilliant goal cutting in from the right um, curling it into the far corner you must have been delighted with that goal yeah uh, that was my first goal for the club so I'm my only one so far hopefully I get a few more uh, but um, yeah, I was delighted uh, to get a goal, and um, yeah, especially it was, I enjoyed I enjoyed that goal there, so it was nice. Aiming for another one this weekend, then? Uh, yeah, definitely. Every <laughs> week, I got to aim for a goal. So I, I was going to ask actually, what are your what are your personal? And um, we've kind of talked about the club, but what are your personal ambitions um, for this season? Uh, for this season, uh, in terms of like, um, so. So just just in terms of like, are you is have you got a goal target? Are you kind of, are you trying to make sure that you 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 want to kind of solidify yourself in the first team, or is there is there anything like that that you're kind of working towards? Uh, for me, it's just just getting regular good performances in, and um, hopefully just seeing where that takes me. Mm-hmm. So I just want to uh, be consistent with my performances and uh, scoring some more goals. Definitely, that's definitely on my on my list. So you mentioned some of the, the kind of protocols that are in place. And I, I think in America, it seems to be, I don't know what it's like across the USL, but different states have different rules. But um, it seems like one of them is kind of 25% capacity um, in the stadium. What's it been like playing in, in kind of empty stadiums or n- near empty stadiums? As a player, is that difficult to do? Or is it just kind of you, got, you can get tunnel vision and you can kind of focus on the game itself? Um, well, for me, obviously, I played 23s for a long time, and there's not there's not really many fans. Good point. That. So, True. so yeah. it's, it's, I'm 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 always been used to that. But luckily enough, at Dillon Stadium, we're allowed 25, percent and mm-hmm. I mean, there there's some loud fans, so it doesn't feel like we're fans down, really. If you know what I mean, yeah. it sounds it sounds really loud, so it's right. not really been a problem. So I don't know if it is for the other boys who've played in USL or, but. 
uh, it's been like normal service really. And I, I guess you, you've had quite a unique experience um, just with, with everything that's gone on with kind of lockdown and, and COVID. But speaking now, do, would you recommend the, the, the kind of the move across America to, to young players that are looking for first team football? I know um, Josh Sims came across from Southampton um, to Red Bulls and now you've done it as well. Is it something that you would recommend to, to some of the other boys in terms of, look, America wasn't necessarily considered as a place to go out on loan maybe five mm-hmm. or ten years ago, but now it seems to be definitely the case that the standard's there. Um, so is it something that you kind of go back to Southampton and say, look, you definitely definitely consider this? Yeah, I'll definitely consider this for um, a, a younger player, you know. It would be, it's, it's a good experience for them to learn about new things and just um, to play uh, men's football as well in a different environment. And just you're gonna, you're definitely gonna learn a bit about yourself and about about um like you learn off other people. So yeah, it'll be a great experience for anyone. I think. What is your um kind of talked about personal ambitions? But come the end of the season, hopefully, like you said, you're on course to make the playoffs um and go as far as possible in the playoffs. Come the end of the season, have you thought that far ahead in terms of okay, what's my next step gonna be? Um. So obviously, I'll be coming back maybe like November, December yeah. time back to England. And obviously, um, I just want to get back into training and um, see where see where it takes me. Really, because football is a strange sport; you never know what's going to happen, or you know. So, I mean, it's tough for me to say what my next step is, but mm-hmm. um, so I'm just more focusing on what I can do now, and I think that can help my future. Definitely. Well, we've got a few questions from um, from Twitter and from Instagram that we've we've had through. The first one um, from Saint News Now, who said, "Who was your footballing idol growing up?" Um, growing up, um, I always looked at Thierry Henry, but um, as I got a bit older and I, I, I kind of liked the way Raheem Sterling plays and things like that. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, there's a, there's a couple of players there. Cutting in from the flank. It's kind of Henri yeah, cutting yeah. in from the flank and then yeah. bending it bottom corner. Um, and yeah. who from the um, current Southampton squad do you look up to the most from the first team? From the first team? Um, I'd probably say uh, Danny Ings. Mm-hmm. Just just from he's coming back from injuries and things and uh, he's had disappointments, of course, like a lot of footballers do. And the way he's performing now is great to see. So I'd say him, yeah. Okay. Um, a question from Zach Courtier, who says, how often are you in contact um, with the staff at Southampton? Um, what's the kind of player-care relationship like? Do you have someone that you kind of check in with? Uh, yeah, so every week, uh, at least once a week, uh, sometimes more, I speak to um, the, he, he, uh, Jeff, he's, he's a loan guy, and he speaks to all the loan players, so I have regular contact with him. If I have any problems, I speak to him. So yeah, they don't just forget about you, you know, they, mm-hmm. they look after you as well. So it's so, no. nice. And the next question is from, from Ewan Campbell and it's kind of following up on um, what we've kind of already discussed, but he says, what, when you're living out in the US, what have you been doing in your, in your free time? I guess that was tricky uh, during lockdown because the answer was nothing, but have you been able to go out a little bit more now and, and do, do things and see things um, in Connecticut, in New York? Uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of games and training, so I haven't done too much. But uh, of course, I've seen I've seen a bit. Like uh, I, w- I managed to go to New York on my first week, 
Mm-hmm. So that was a good experience. That was before all the COVID. So that was good for me. I enjoyed it. Was, it was crazy there. I really First time in New York? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was crazy. I, I enjoyed it there. <laughs> I, I was there in November for the first time in like 12 or 13 years and it's just absolutely nuts it's yeah. like it doesn't feel like coming from England it doesn't feel like we're on the same yeah, planet the, build, <laughs> the buildings are too big there yeah <laughs> exactly it, yeah. Yeah. yeah we were staying in Brooklyn and we were like looking across to Manhattan it didn't even look real like it was like computer generated um <laughs> but yeah it was amazing um cool so question from to, from Stephen Stephen White said, uh, "What was it like being watched by Ralph during the under 23s and impressing so much to then going on to make your Premier League debut?" Uh, well, at the time, I, I knew he was watching, but I thought he was like more because I think there was a few first team players playing with us, mm-hmm. so I just assumed he was he was just watching them, and I was just playing my normal game. So it was good that he recognised me, and I, um, obviously to go on and make my debut. It's a dream come true for any young footballer or mm-hmm. aspiring footballer. So it was something I've always worked and wished for. So final two questions. This one's from another podcast, another Saints podcast in that number. Um, talking about the the Loudoun United goal um, that we mentioned earlier. I've called it a screamer. Is it the most memorable goal in your career so far? Um, yeah, I, f- I think I'd say so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. I definitely recommend anyone that hasn't seen it to go and check it out on Twitter. Um, worth watching. And they also say, actually, I think on the American theme, um, have you got a nickname and can we call you Magic? I'm guessing they're going for Magic Johnson there, the basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, I haven't. I haven't actually got a nickname, just Ty. <laughs> just Ty, but, um, okay. <laughs> just Ty or TJ, you know, but not actually a nickname, so that's what you want to call me <laughs> okay we'll say yeah okay <laughs> and then finally Damon um, just says how have you enjoyed your time with Hartford so far yeah um, so I think it's been uh, really great for me even when I first arrived in um, Hartford uh, I was greeted by the fans and I thought that was that was really special for me and I remember that uh, always remember that the, mm-hmm. how welcoming the people here are and just the lads as well, they're great lads and I've got on with, well with them and I think it's just, it's just been good and hopefully we just keep going well and have a good season. Absolutely. Well, best of luck at the weekend against Loudoun United. Um, that's one of the things that I, I kind of saw, um, relatively new team Hartford, but the, the fan base seems to be um, really, really passionate about the club and about the community, um, which, is, which is great to see. Um, but yeah, best of luck at the weekend. Thank you very much for joining us today, Tariq. It's been really, really, really good getting to know you. And um, yeah, I hope you guys do well this season. And yeah, we'll stay in touch as you go back to Saints towards the end of the year. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Take care, everyone. See Before we finish up today, I wanted to round up some of the transfer news and some of the Saints news uh, that's been going on for the past week with Jack Maystone. Jack, you there? Hi, Pat, you're right. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Um, I guess the best place to start is with the England game at the weekend. Will Prowse playing 90 minutes and Danny Ings coming off the bench. Did you watch the game? Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah it wasn't the most entertaining 90 minutes <laughs> of my life. Um, but it was, I mean, it's good, good win nonetheless. Um, I was really happy for James Will Prowse getting 90 minutes. I um, think, think he actually done all right as well and he 
cheeky little uh, mark of the penalty spot for their penalty, which I saw, which was great. Um, I saw that. I didn't actually notice it during the match, um, but I saw everybody tweeting about it afterwards. Yeah, just scuffing up the penalty spot, similar to what he did against uh, Spurs a couple of years ago. Yeah. I saw a few people say that mm. he did that, and then Carrie Kane ended up putting it into Rosette at St Mary's. Um, so yeah, something something he's got in his locker now, which uh, I guess one of the dark arts, which like people like to say about James Ward Prowse that he's got. It's funny. Yeah, and, and um, what I mean, what did you think of the game? I thought he actually played um, fairly solidly. As I say, it wasn't the best, wasn't the best game. Mm. Um, it wasn't the most free flowing, but we had plenty of the ball, and he he looked nice and tidy. Didn't really give the ball away too much. Um, yeah, I think, I think um, the formation obviously is very different to what Saints play. So that was something to adapt to. He plays in a two with Romeo or, or previously with Hoiberg for Saints, and then for England on Saturday. It was more of a 4-3-3 with um, Declan Rice holding and then Phil Foden and Will Prowse um, ahead, of, ahead of that. And I, I think it was a little bit of an adjustment period because in the first 20 minutes or so, it was, I think it was tough. Um, gave the ball away a couple of times and yeah, uh, just got caught in possession. But I thought as the game went on, he got more and more comfortable. Um, and by the end, I think he was, he was one of the best players on the pitch for, from England's point of view. Um, I think Sterling got man in the match, but Ward Prowse was, I think he grew into the game is the way that I would describe yeah. it. Um, and he looked an international player, which I think that's that's the most important thing, really. He stepped up to that level and didn't look out of place. Um, I think it helped that Iceland was so, so like, passive. Like At times, they had all 11 players, not just even in their half, they had all 11 players in their defensive third. I mean, it was ridiculous. Um but, I mean, that's the way that they play and we're relying on long throws and set pieces, which they did get a few. And to be honest, they probably should have got a point at the end, missing the penalty. Um, but I thought Will Prowse was good. I mean, what, what did you make of his performance? Yeah, pretty much spot on the way I saw it. I think he's, um, obviously, it was, it was a bit of a surprise to everyone when we actually saw him in the starting eleven. Um, but then when I kind of sat down and thought about it, he, he does actually have a really good relationship with Gareth Southgate, doesn't he? Because they spent a lot of time together at the under-21s. And I think mm-hmm. he made him captain of the under-21s. Okay, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's, he's obviously quite keen um, on James Will-Prowse. And he's, he actually fits into that system in the midfield quite well because he's a bit of a... Um, he, he gives it a good balance. Obviously, with the likes of um, Sancho and Sterling on the wings, um, you do need that element of balance in the midfield. And he's he's got everything you need from from the balancing midfielder. He, he closes down really well. He's really aggressive, um, and he and he can pass the ball. He's really good, really good passer of the ball. Um, a bit surprised to see um, him and Trippier battling it out for set pieces. Um, I know. Yeah, thought he could have been on those. Um, but he might be in the future. But yeah, I was happy for him. Happy for him. He, he thought he played really well. Um, done his job. I just think that if you have Warprows in, in your starting eleven and you're not utilising him on set pieces, you're, you're missing out massively. And that's not to say that Trippier's set piece delivery wasn't wasn't good because there was a couple of decent decent balls into the box. But Warprows is one of the best in the Premier League. Um, and if, if you've got him in a team and you're not using him, it's just a waste, missed opportunity. Um, yeah. I thought it was interesting as well that quite a few well just just kind of following it along on Twitter we see Ward Prowse every week and we see him putting himself about and getting stuck into tackles but I think for a lot of other fans that don't watch Saints every week he's still got a kind of well apart from at Palace where he has a different reputation but <laughs> for other Premier League teams he's got like a reputation of being um, just a nice 
midfielder, just like good set pieces, good on the ball, but they don't really see that other side to his game. Um, and I think it was Puel that described him as like the perfect son-in-law. And I think a lot of people do kind of see him like that. Whereas yesterday, and on, oh, sorry, on Saturday, um, we he kind of showed what he's been doing for Saints for the past season and a half, which is like putting himself about massively, getting stuck into challenges, winning the ball back. Um, and you don't expect that when you look at him because he still looks quite like a slight midfielder for someone in the centre, centre, central midfield position. But um, yeah, although he, he lost possession a couple of times in the early stages, by the, by the kind of second half and the first 10 minutes of the second half, he was, I thought he was, thought he was very, very good. Um, which bodes well. I mean, England play Denmark on Tuesday. I think it will be interesting to see the starting eleven there. The competition for places in England's midfield isn't particularly strong. I think it's one of the weakest areas, especially with like Jordan Henderson not there. Um, who's he competing with? The likes of Harry Winks, Calvin Phillips, Rice, Foden. It's not, there's potential there, but there's not like established names, which I think is a real opportunity for James to step up and, and make a, make a starting position his own, if not kind of a, a kind of one of the first options off the bench. Yeah, good, good role-playing option. Um, yeah. And I think he fits in, like I said, I think he really fits in. Um, like, I say, like I said earlier, he brings that balance to, to our play and he ticks the ball over nicely. Um, and like you say, his, his tenacity is really, really good, especially like you say, since Ralph's come in, he's really grown and he, he almost looks like a leader now, yeah. even though he has got the armband for us. But the way he plays and throws himself around the pitch, he does lead by example, um, which, which is a big, big improvement from, from a couple of years back. For sure. Um, great to see Danny Ings get on for his first cap as well. Uh, I think he got about 24 minutes, 20, 23 minutes. Difficult for him to make much of an impact, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, it was, it was like you say, because they were defending so deeply yeah. um, and they had a lot of men behind the ball. He found getting those little pockets of space to, to get a shot out. Um, he found them hard to come by. Um, and like I say, we were pressing more and more to try and get the goal, um, which we eventually did get. But it was, yeah, it was all kind of rushing a little bit. He didn't really have time to settle in. Uh, but, he, I mean, he didn't do, didn't do anything wrong. Just didn't really have the opportunity to, to really stake a claim. Yeah, I mean, the pitch looked really kind of, I don't know whether it wasn't watered or something, but the ball kept on like sticking, which obviously played into Iceland's hands because um, they were just kind of winning it back and clearing it. And then England were resetting. Um, but, yeah, as far as Ings is concerned, I thought it was, it's also difficult when... Obviously, the person that he's effectively a replacement for is is a captain, and is as, as Harry Kane is like the, the main man. So when he came on, Ings wasn't in his natural position, um, kind of fit in next to Harry Kane, and then Kane eventually went off, and I think Greenwood came on. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't ever the case that like Ings was was given a chance to play in the in the position that he plays for 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 Saints, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily. I mean, when you're playing at international level, you have to be good enough to adapt because you're not going to get the side built around you like you like you get at St Mary's. Like we we build our side around Danny Ings. England aren't going to build our side around Ward Prowse or, or around Ings. So you have to be adaptable. But I just felt it was a little bit awkward him coming on with with Kane. It didn't really seem to to fit properly. So again, it'll be another one to be. Hopefully, he gets another opportunity. Um, and and if it's against Denmark, the game should be a bit more open because they're a better side. Yeah, and I think, um, unfortunately for Danny Ings, really, um, I can only really see him playing a 
a, a squad player for England. He's not going to, when we play one up front for England, then it's Kane. If it's not Kane, it's, it's going to be Rashford or now, to be fair, Mason Greenwood might have gone slightly ahead of him as we're building for the future. So I can only really see him coming off the bench and getting those little half an hour slots here and there um, to try and make an impact. But but it's just really nice to see him. It's well-deserved for all of his injury worries and, and the yeah. amount of time he had off. Um, it's really nice to see, see him in an England shirt. Yeah, I mean, I really don't hope that, that this summer was his, his one opportunity to make an impact at England. Um because obviously he would have been 100% on the plane, I think, of the, of the Euros had been this summer. Um, and and like you said, his role would be kind of off the bench. And if, and if he gets a chance, nine times out of ten, he's going to take it. Um, now, the problem with it being next summer now is, as you just mentioned, Mason Greenwood came on really strong for the last three months of the season. He's now going to get another full season at Man United under his belt, which is probably... Danny Ings is going to have to have another 22, 23, 24 goal season to kind of keep himself in the picture. And that's well within his capabilities. It's just a big ask um, when you've got someone like Greenwood, who's 18, 19, scoring goals for Man United. Um, he's obviously going to push himself up the pecking order. So I think tricky for Ings, but definite opportunity for Ward Prowse. Um, and, and hopefully those two can have great seasons and, and be on the plane next summer. Um, wanted to move on to a bit of Saints news. Um, or or lack of news, I guess, on on the transfer front. Um, should we be panicking in central midfield? Less than a week to go before the Palace game, first game of the season. Should we be panicking? Don't like to say panicking, um, but it's definitely a concern. I think um, we're very very light in that area, especially now Reed has has gone. Um, we're looking at potentially James Will Palace, Romeo, and Smallbone to play two positions, um, three between two. It doesn't really go, especially with uh, the, the short pre-season. Um, there's going to be probably a few few injuries early early stages of the season whilst they get into the um, swing of things. So potentially it's, it's not looking great. Um, I mean, hopefully we can we can sort something out. But I think they're, they've learned, I'd like to think they've learned their lessons on splashing the cash um, to try and fix a quick problem. Um, which is nice to see, but at the same time, we do still need another body in there. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right that panic is potentially the wrong word to use, but I am very, very concerned. Um, when we signed Salisu and Walker Peters, there was like tons of optimism because at that point, we were, it was, there was still a few weeks to go for the season. They were two positions that we desperately needed to strengthen. <laughs> And now we are five days before the start of the Premier League season. We've sold Hoiberg. We've sold, well, we sold Harrison Reed. Mario Lamine has also gone on loan again. And as you said, it leaves us with three players into two positions in an area of the pitch where you're very, very susceptible, especially in Ralph's style of play, to injuries and to suspension. Um, we know that Ward Prowse and Romeo like to put tackles in. That leads to bookings. Um, and that, that 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 style of play is potentially at a slightly higher risk to injury than than, than another style of play. So it concerns me um, that we go into the season with Romeo and Ward Prowse, not because I don't think they can um, get results, because as they proved over Project Restart, we can be a very very good team of those two in in midfield. It's just a case of when you play game after game, those two are going to get tired and you've only got Will Smallbone off the bench. It only takes one injury or one to three game suspension to down to two 
two people and you've got no option off the bench and you're extremely thin um, in such a crucial area of the pitch. So we were talking before we started recording and, and you mentioned a good point about the fact that I think it takes time for someone to come in and learn Ralph's style of play. I think that you mentioned that and, and it's really, really true. Like if we sign somebody this week, it still would take them weeks, I think, to get up to speed. And that might be okay this this season because nobody's had a preseason. So I think everybody's going to be in the same boat in terms of starting sluggishly. Um, and hopefully we can continue our form from Project Restart and that can help us to kind of have a fast start where other teams might struggle. But signing someone, they're going to take time to settle in, which which is which is concerning of itself. But we need to sign someone, def- definitely. And it seems to have gone a little bit quiet, doesn't it? I don't know if you've seen anything recently um, in terms of any links at all. No, it's gone very quiet since McKenney um, went to Juventus. Um, it's all gone very quiet. I've, I've seen very little in terms of names being thrown about that we're linked with. Um, and I completely agree with you. We, we do need somebody in. Um, and it does, like you say, take time to learn the Ralph system. I and mean, it's taken, taken our team itself long enough to learn especially in the 4-2-2-2. Um, we, we were still playing with five at the back for a while whilst he was implementing behind closed doors what he wanted to play. Um, so for someone to come in and, and, and play that straight away, it's just not going to happen. It's going to have to be the perfect, perfect fit. Um, and we all know the perfect fit costs a lot of money. Um, right. Which we're going to be spending. So, yeah, it's just kind of keeping a lookout for that, really, and, and uh, keeping an eye on it. Hopefully, I'd say, hopefully we can get, get somebody in um, from Europe, I should imagine, mm-hmm. um, and get it over. But yeah, I think definitely, definitely need to. I think it was Dan Sheldon that said that when, I think after Walker Peters signed, everybody was like, okay, next target is midfield. And he had an article that was like, Southampton need to sell or are looking to sell some players before they're going to move on to a midfield target just to raise some funds. Now we've sold Reed and Lamine has gone on loan. I think Wesley Hoyt has been linked with a, with another loan spell. I think this time Anderlecht are, are rumoured to be taking him. Carrillo as well as another one, probably going to go on loan. As we start moving these players, you'd like to think that that frees up a little bit of budget in terms of wages. Um, we, we got a little bit of money for Reed. We got money for Hoiberg. There should, there should be enough there um, for us to now be active and, and looking to sign someone. So fingers crossed we, we start to hear something ahead of the new season because... Palace away in yeah in less than a week's time. Um, who do you think is going to be starting that game? I think we had the we had the preseason game against Swansea, um, and our team is looking pretty settled to be fair. So do you expect it? No surprises, I don't think. Yeah, no surprises. Yeah, I think um, McCarthy, Walker, Peters, Bednarak, Stevens, Bertrand, Romeo, James, Will, Prowse, Armstrong, Redmond. Um, and Ings and Adams, I think that'll be that'll be the go-to for the start of the season. I should imagine um, Long will probably get a little bit less playing time mm-hmm. this season, especially now we really found our rhythm towards the end of uh, Project Restart and when Adams started scoring as well. So I could see Long getting a little bit less playing time um, and maybe playing the the games against the the top six as a um, as you know, just to stretch the defence and running in behind. Um, I can see him playing those ones, but the games like the Palaces. Um, I think he will go with Ings and Adams up front. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I think our team is very, very settled now. So it, it makes sense to to stick with that. Um, 
Palace away has typically been a good game for us. So fingers crossed we can go there and um, and play well. I thought it was interesting. I mentioned it on last week's pod, actually. Um, the Swansea, obviously fantastic to put seven goals past anyone, even, even in pre-season. I thought it was interesting the fact that Fraser Forster was the goalkeeper in the second half, um, not Angus Gunn. Seems like he's the odd man out and it'll be Forster backing up McCarthy um, for the season. Um, just thought that was an interesting um, point that Forster's come back and seems motivated. Um, it'll be, we've just been drawn against Brentford in, in the Carabao Cup. I'm assuming Forster's going to be our cup keeper. So hopefully he can put in some good performances and put some pressure on McCarthy. I think McCarthy's a fantastic keeper. He had a brilliant project restart, but it's always good to have a bit of competition there. And, and I'm sure Angus Gunn will probably go on loan to, to a championship team and hopefully he can rebuild his confidence after a, a pretty pretty rough season for him last year. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see potentially Fraser Forster coming in um, for somewhere along the season um, when he gets his chance. If he does get a chance, I can probably see him keeping it as well if he's if he's playing well. Um, I think the club are quite keen on him. I've seen quite a lot of of him on their social media accounts. They they tweet a lot of photos about him. I mean, like you say, he does look happy. He looks um, looks back to his best potentially. Um, but yeah, I, there's still a very good keeper in there. He was he was really good really good for us um, until it kind of all went downhill. Um, but like I say, McCarthy's a shoo-in for the number one to start um, the season, which I think he's fully deserved as well. Um, but after that, who knows later on down the line. Yep. Right. Well, our next pod will be uh, next weekend after the Palace game. Fingers crossed we get three points there uh, and we'll, we're discussing the first win of the season. Um, but until then, Jack, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Pat. It's been a pleasure as always. And thank you to everybody for listening. Speak to you next week.